0: Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
3: It is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Season 19, episode number 100. Welcome to the latest edition of the Break Life that's WBC Mortgage Studios. At the Star, we're talking Washington Commanders versus Cowboys today. We'll start off with the Washington offense versus the Cowboys defense. Got lots of storylines to hit there. Before we do that, though, man, been some interesting little developments here around the roster over the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And one uh, that that mm, I don't know if I would say it's a, even a, a likely, but I think it's worth a discussion of a, a player that's been uh, released and uh, looks like he may be available at some point here. So let's talk a little bit about first uh, Lyle Collins. At the end of our show yesterday, Patrick, you reported uh, that the Cowboys were going to have him in yes. for a workout. What were the results of that workout, number one? By the way, I love that hat. Thank you, sir. What were I the results? sweater. We're, no, right. What was the results of the, the workout, number one? And number two, where do we stand as far as contract, no contract, whatever? Uh, Collins
1: was uh, exceptional in the workout. Cowboys were very, very impressed, particularly with his uh, his physical shape. I saw him walking through the facility yesterday, so he certainly passed my eye test with flying colors. Looks in fantastic shape physically. Uh, went through his physical, passed that with flying colors, and they moved on to the negotiations phase as we speak it is expected that it will land it could land at any moment um but it's not official quite yet we saw that lyle collins was celebrating online yesterday we'd love to see it um and via multiple reports it is expected that they've agreed to terms but sounds like they're working through just a little bit more contractuals to make sure things get done uh you know, agreeable to both parties. But as far as the expectation for Collins, win, which is what the expectation is, when he comes in, he's not expected to take any one spot on the starting five. He would be a depth piece, likely going to the practice squad. So that's the latest. Um, barring any type of unexpected uh, mishap with the,
3: during the negotiations, Collins should be rejoining the team. Brian, tell me, uh, give me a scatter report. What, what was he at the last time that he was playing? And he How was not he a look? good player. Uh-huh.
4: He was not a good player. He was broken down. Uh, he couldn't move, he couldn't bend. One of the reasons why they didn't play him at guard is because he couldn't bend very well. He wasn't in great shape. Uh, Physically, he was beat up really bad. He was dealing with the back. He was dealing with the knee. Um, You know, the Bengals are a team that struggles with their offensive line, and uh, they they clearly moved on from him. He just wasn't a good enough player. The availability wasn't there either. So there was a lot of things about that experience in Cincinnati that, uh, that really didn't pan out very well for him
3: yeah and that's the thing uh, I assume at this point, at least from from what we're hearing. I think he looks good now, and maybe that time away could have helped with some yeah. of that that physical stuff that was going on that may make him you know, a little more available to the Cowboys. And quite frankly, if he's a backup, my thought is you need him to just be available to you in the event of exactly. something going wrong I with Tyron. think
4: I think they're, where you look at this is he's they're clearly going to look at him as a tackle. I talked to mm-hmm. somebody in the organization. They want him to play tackle. They don't want him to play guard. So if you were worried about this, I think it's more of a protection about what's going on with, Ty, uh, with Tyron Smith at mm. left tackle. Now the problem you get into is Lyle Collins as a left tackle is probably not the best answer. But would that give you the flexibility to move if you had to? If you had to move Terrence Steele mm. over and let Steele play left tackle, let Collins play right tackle? Um, I, you know, I you know they've got a Doga. And I talking to folks in the organization about it they're like you know if you had to play with lyle collins for one or two games you could probably be just fine doing that that's kind of how they're looking at this right now
3: did this all come about because of adoga's game versus miami where there were just lots of questions
4: about the mental stuff yeah was like that. that was i think that it was really more about that I, I don't know this time of year you have to trust your players and i don't know uh, from my experience, is when a guy has a bad game where it turns into a mental, are you making mistakes? Are you making mental mistakes? Can we trust you in these games when they put you out there? And if they can't trust you, then they're not going to play you. It, the games are too important now. Uh, you can't afford to, to miss in any way. So, um, that's I think that's why they're, they're trying to... Will always done a good job of signing guys and trying to kind of cover his positions if he can. And, you know, the fact that they're getting into the playoffs... You know, you don't want to bring, if something were to happen to Smith, uh, Tyron Smith, and you bring in, say you bring in Lyle Collins the week of, he's not going to be ready to play. Right. Now you're giving him a chance to at least uh, be ready to play uh, you know, in the coming weeks if he has to.
1: The Cowboys had already had Collins on their radar after his split from the Bengals um, for such an occasion. Um, so if Chuma Idoga had played well against the Dolphins, then it's all likelihood uh, Lyle Collins is not in the building. So that is, in fact, what caused him to pull the trigger. But they at least had Collins on the on the brain already.
5: Well also you gotta be mindful of the Tyler Smith injury also. which um I know we talked about it on the show already yesterday, I think. We did. Um where it's more pain and he he's got yeah, that injury it's, it's and he's gonna play with it. Right but yeah. but still an injury nonetheless where you gotta take that into consideration also and and they're dropping like flies. <laughs> like you gotta bring in bodies. You literally have no other people you can rely on. And I remember back with Lael, I mean, it got to the point where you just decided to release him, like yeah. okay, get yeah. out of here, because yeah. it, it was that bad, and he was just not being very. I, I forgot he was. I know he didn't. He didn't want to play guard, and he wanted to be a tackle, there, or there vice. Was, Which one was it? He would. He just. You do what you're there, told yeah, there, to do. There, just there, do what you're told. There were levels
1: to, to the release. Let's yeah. just put it. Yeah. That yeah, way. yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. So anyway, I'm sure. um Clearly, what we saw. On his instagram he seems to be happy to be coming back um so definitely something something and someone that's familiar with the offense what year did he leave
1: 21, after 21. he spent, 21. Yeah, he spent one year with the Bengals. It was a three-year deal signed yeah. March last year, but it only extended to one year. So, so pretty year
5: different, the offense, uh, from the last time he same, was same here. Same quarterback, yeah, same
1: Tyron Smith, same Zach still, Martin. Yeah. yeah,
3: so, I mean, as far as different, familiarity, there's familiarity.
5: Different, but a lot of familiarity yeah, of being enough. here, so yeah. that helps Familiarity a lot. with the players, yes. maybe a different yeah. different yes. offense right. than what
3: they were running back then. Right. Does this say anything t- for you guys about where they think Austin awesome Richards is? I think it
1: does by default. I mean, we talked about um, Awesome a couple weeks ago, if that, um, and I think they would like to see more from Awesome Richards, awesome Richards before they throw him out there, uh, especially as we approach the all-important playoff games where it's win or go home. I don't think that they feel that there's a trust level there that they have with him quite yet in his <laughs> first year development. Um, if that were the case, he would have been taking snaps already over like Chuma Yedoga, for example. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's Chuma Yedoga getting the nod again uh, against the Dolphins instead of a guy like Awesome Richards, based on the importance of that game as well, it tells you where the team is and the coaching staff is mentally with Awesome. Obviously, that doesn't mean that they're out on him, but most certainly they want to see more, and I don't think they think he's ready.
4: That's a coaching deal. Yeah, clearly.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, one other guy I wanted to talk about, uh, running back, uh, Dalvin mm-hmm. uh, Dalvin Cook. He was released by the. He had been on waivers. He's not on waivers.
4: He's not on waivers. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, Now, he, it, as this morning, well, when I asked somebody in the organization last night to comment about it, he had not been released on waiver, so I'd be careful what you're doing
3: right okay, now. Okay, well, let's just put it like this, as we have to do. Yeah. yeah. This is all just based upon us talking speculatively. There you go. <laughs> the reports are... Yeah. That, that he will be released and will be on waivers as of 4 p.m. today. That is what NFL.com yeah, is reporting yeah, and NFL right. Network is yeah. reporting. But as of last right. night
4: at about 6 o'clock, he had not been put right. on waivers.
3: So, so, being clear, this is not tampering. <laughs> yeah. We are we are talking just among the four of us, yeah. us friends, talking about uh, what the NFL.com and NFL Network, Network are reporting. Yeah. Alright, so all that being said, uh, <laughs> you are an NFL team. <laughs> <chatting>. <laughs> right. well, well done. Well done. All right, so let's just start there, though, Brian. I want I want you to give me kind of a, a scouting report on Dalvin Cook, the running back. Obviously, last year, I thought he was still a really good back yep. in Minnesota. I thought Minnesota made a move that was probably more about money mm-hmm. than, than ability. But then he gets to the Jets— Hasn't played very much. I think he has sixty or seventy uh, yeah. uh, runs this year. So, so what? Where is he right now in his career as a as a running back?
4: Yeah, he should feel real comfortable coming here and not getting any run blocking. If that's the case, because mm. the same thing happens to him at the Jets. Uh, you know, he's he doesn't have the explosiveness he once had. I watched a couple of games actually with our ability. We can watch all his carries. And his most productive game was. Uh, Against the Atlanta Falcons, they only had thirty eight yards on the on the day he he hasn 't played a whole lot he he gets limited carries he still catches the ball very well. he does not pass block at all, mm. and that will drive these guys crazy here because they rely on their guys to be able to blitz pick up and stuff like that. He struggled to get to the edge the inside stuff again they didn 't block for him very well uh, you know the handoffs would just seem very much of getting into the line you know we've seen him at minnesota with his ability to make people miss he couldn't make people miss but the jets they just don't block and so he's having to make a lot of people miss i don't think the cowboys are going to do anything with him that's just my my guess i think they're you know even with the situation uh, I, I saw today there was a report that they they put uh, Deuce Deuce on on ir, on IR now uh, so, you know, that's, you know, to, to bring up uh, Fajoco there. So we'll see. But I, I, I think it's going to be about, you know, getting Rico Dowdle back, uh, using Hunter Lipke, you know, trying to get him some confidence or get the coaches some confidence in him. But uh, I, I really don't see them going after this guy right now if he becomes available. Uh, and, and just to
1: be clear for everyone listening, every veteran that is waived is subject to the waiver claim. Right. Yeah. So if a team wants him, they first have to place a claim. And then if they clear waivers, that player does, then they're free to sign anywhere. Uh, I've gotten a lot of questions on that on yesterday because they're saying, well, what if it was mutual? It doesn't matter if he's waived slash released. Got to yeah. go through waivers go through after through the waivers. trade deadline. Yeah. Um I don't think Brian's wrong. I would I would speak on it from my aspect. I would bring Dalvin Cook in because I know that to Brian's point, he struggled uh, with his his limited reps in New York, but it's also largely due to the fact that well, one, he's not as as explosive as he was in his no. prime form, but that offensive line in New York is just it's abysmal. It, it's abysmal. And I know that the Cowboys have had their issues uh, blocking for Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. and that's been one of the reasons that Pollard hasn't been as successful. Um, but I would love to see if Cook can do anything here as RB3, and that means if needed. So for me, you've now moved Deuce Vaughn to IR. I wonder, and I said this yesterday, I wonder if – Hunter Lipke is kind of still in the doghouse from that fumble mm-hmm. um, because it felt like it was it felt like he was in looking at the uh, the last game against the Lions. Uh, I say you bring in Dalvin Cook, you put him on the practice squad. You have as much veteran talent depth at positions as you possibly can, which is one reason they're looking at bringing Lyle Collins back because you want talented, proven veteran depth. You're going into the playoffs. You do not want it to be a situation where knock on all the wood. You're in San Francisco in January. Um, With your season on the line and one of your top running backs goes down with injury and you're like, where do we go from here? Where
4: do you stand with Malik Davis?
1: Um, Last year, going into the season, I had a lot of promise for Malik Davis because I love the way he flashed last year when given the opportunity. But in seeing his three elevations and the lack of utilization from Malik Davis or the lack which goes to lack of coaching, coaches wanting to put him into those situations. Mm -hmm. For example, against the Lions, they really beat that horse with Tony Pollard, absent Rico Dowdle. That's a situation where, had Malik Davis been able to be elevated, I would have liked to see what they'd done with him. But I, I don't have a good sample size for 2023 to make me confident. Right now, going into the playoffs, and Malik Davis but I'm willing to see what that looks like if you bring in Dalvin Cook, put him on the practice squad, let him and Malik Davis kind of battle that out. And then if the situation presents itself where player X, I'm not going to say names because I'm superstitious, if player X at the running back position goes down with injury in the playoffs, mm-hmm. then you look at Malik and you look at Dalvin, what they've done in the practice squad thus far, and you say, okay, that guy or this guy. I just want the option is what If I'm they're
4: saying. not going to play Malik Davis, are they going to elevate this guy? Are they going to elevate? Yeah. Are they going to elevate? I mean, you're, you're talking about that That he, he there's not a big sample size and the elevations you weren't overly impressed with. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason, then, do you think they would elevate uh, Dalvin Cook?
1: I think it's just it goes to one is proven, one is not, as far as the league is concerned, in the league. Yeah. So in the situation where playoff game might be on the line, right. if you lose one of your top, if you lose this guy or that guy, you look and you say, well, Malik, we believe, that you can do something for us, but we know what Dalvin Cook has been able to do in this league. And if Dalvin has come in in the practice squad and at least impressed in any fashion, then I say, okay, you go with Dalvin. If he comes into the practice squad, minimal money, low risk, and he's not impressed, then in that situation, you say, okay, Malik, get in there and, and let's see what happens. I just, the option is what I'm asking for. So for those that are ante- or speculating that those of us who would like to see Dalvin Cook in Dallas, I know... Th- Because of the headline name, people say, well, why do you want him to replace TP? That's not what most of us are saying.
4: Do you guys feel like it's Pollard's fault or the line's fault? That they, he hasn't had success this year. Yes. I think
3: it's been both. Yes, I think it's been both, and I think at different times it's been yeah. both. Because I here's the thing on the offensive line. I don't think it's one particular guy that's a problem when no. it comes. I think they all take their turns. No, they all
4: take their and they're th- the tight ends in there too.
3: Right, right. I also think there are a number of times when I've seen where it looks like Tony has opportunities mm-hmm. and just doesn't seem and to the get there or doesn't yeah. see the right hole to get into. So I, I think there are times when both things can be true, and and if they could all get on the same page and at least. When 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 somebody's gonna mess up, let them all mess up on the one play, and you right. just put that one away, and you move on to the next one, and then get it right. I just think too often, too many people are making mistakes, including the line, including the tight ends, and including the running back.
4: I wonder though too that the Cowboys did have an opportunity because he did become available, and you know it was name that we kind of kicked around, but they didn't go that route. Right. I wonder if they're I wonder if they're holding that thought. Still, Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they're holding that thought thinking that, well, we know we like our guys, which they always say they do. And I wonder if, though, it's a situation where they're watching him play at the Jets and say, it's not worth it for us right now. Because they're going to have they would have to you talk about the practice squad stuff and all that. They're having a hard time finding roster spots for guys right now. Yeah. That's that's that's, you know, that's a big thing for them.
3: Here's the thing I would I would wonder. I think this decision for the Cowboys comes down to one thing. Do they think he can come in here and be a short yardage back? Because that's a role that they clearly have not identified an answer for, right? If they don't think that's the case, well, then they, I don't know that I don't know that there's another role that really necessarily makes sense here.
4: Right. Yeah. See, the thing about it is if Hunter Lipke doesn't fumble, we're talking about Hunter Lipke, the short yardage. Absolutely. 100 yeah, but, but but after 100%. that fumble, they're not sold right now, right? Right. So so that's my point. They're still kind of searching
3: for what's that gonna be. Who's gonna be our guy that we can rely on in those situations? And unless
4: Dalvin Cook can do that, which it sounds like from your scouting report, yeah. you don't necessarily trust he can do that any better I've, than anybody no, please, else. I don't I've, think I don't think Dalvin Cook gets much help with the general. Yeah. I just don't feel like that Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook that you saw average in six point two yards of carry against you last year. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I he had a really good year last. Like he was a good I, I know. player last and it's, year. It's 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 really kind of fallen apart for him a yeah. little bit. You yeah. know, he doesn't have the explosiveness that he had at one time and stuff. And it's really it's strange. And maybe you could say the same thing about Pollard. Can a running back ever get that back? Have you seen running backs um,
3: get that back once they're not that? Can they get that back? Could it be a I'm situation sure, where like, because you're not
4: playing as much, you're not as well, into it? guys like Adrian Peterson and stuff that have yeah. gone to different no, that's places? Different. Yeah. yeah, he's but, so different. He's all but, time special, right? But yeah. that's but yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you, you know, you'd have to be. It's it's hard once that goes away. I mean, you see, you could maybe say that some of the things that Zeke's done in New England, yeah, you know, has been a positive thing that you didn't see with Dallas. Yeah, you know, I don't
5: think that bringing Dal, you bring him, I don't think much changes i don't like the way that the cowboys have handled the running back position from the beginning of the season we can talk about the o-line having their struggles which is true and obviously it correlates it goes hand in hand with the running back the running game um but at the same time you saw flashes from hunter lipke at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. we were excited about him you saw flashes with deuce And you're like, okay, we're intrigued, we're excited, let's see. He has the quickness, the speed. And then all of a sudden it just disappears, right? And you don't don't give them the opportunity to be out there and get those reps even though the other running backs are not being fully successful. And you talk about a good amount of time where you could have given them just sprinkles of it. And then this last game you throw in Deuce Vaughn out of nowhere, Obviously, you can't expect him to be successful being thrown like that back into the fire. Then Hunter Lipke with that fumble—if it was really a communication issue—you can't. You gotta move past that, and you, we ain't got time to be angry and mad at nobody. We need—we need your help, and let's let's figure this out. Let's communicate and let's get back in it. Uh, Malik Davis, I think it's unfortunate that we haven't really seen him because last year it was very promising everything that we saw from him honestly when he when the starters came out you felt like you weren't missing the starters he was doing things similar to what you were getting um with Tony Pollard or Rico
1: Rico -Rico was injured last year yeah yeah that's why Malik ended up getting those reps last year
5: and and when he came out they were still being productive they were still running the ball they were still getting into the end zone I don't know how many touchdowns he ended up with but given the small amount of reps that he did get he took advantage of all of it so it's just kind of unfortunate that you never saw What's, him again
4: What I think is should be intriguing to everybody outside is that they took they activated an edge rusher for a running back Mm -hmm. instead of replacing a running back. They're out of elevations with Malik Davis. Mm -hmm. They're out. So, you know, if you had the opportunity to switch a back for a back, there must be something going on there because I, I don't I don't see how Fajoco helps you right now. Right, I really don't. He probably won't even I'm, get on the field. He was I'm, largely I'm, inactive. Before I'm trying I'm yeah. trying like hell to get Fowler on the field. Yeah, I can't even get him on the field. Yeah. you know. And the the one thing in this team is, and I don't even want to talk about health. I don't even want to because the minute you start talking about it, it, it goes south on you. But I, that that is that's the intriguing thing to me is they make a roster move to get a edge on instead of getting a running back who probably could be a, a little bit of a difference maker. So maybe they don't really care about adding another running back one way or another.
3: Yeah, it might be going back to, the, I think, what you were alluding a few minutes ago. Maybe they really do believe that Lipke's going to be their short yardage guy, and yeah. they're, they're going to start working that, and they gave themselves no more options. Like, we don't yeah. have any other options. Yeah. there are no. These are the three we got. That's our option, and we'll make back. it work.
4: You know, you get Dowdle back. Yeah. I think we all like that, the way that
3: Dowdle plays. No, I'm saying, I'm saying this is assuming that they made this move because they think Dowdle's going to be back. Oh no, yeah. And they're believing in the fact that mm. they're going to give Lipke another chance. He's going to be incorporated into this thing, and that's going to be their three backs, and they're going to ride with that through the playoffs. Yeah. Because at this point, Deuce cannot come back before potentially a Super Bowl. I just so, I just so had too it. much trauma from
1: January in Santa Clara when I saw Tony Pollard go down. Yeah. This offense looked completely different. Now, I get it. It's also different in the aspect of this is much more of a pass-first offense yeah. uh, than it was at that point. So that's also true. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm having those flashbacks and again, me wanting Cook on the on the practice squad is simply because I want to feel comfortable with my insurance options. It's not because I, we all know I'm on the record and we're all on the record as be, believing in Rico Dowdle, with he yeah can do believing that Tony Pollard when he gets the right blocking and his vision is on that particular day, he can be Tony Pollard from 2022, 2021. But in the situ- in the in a situation where insert <laughs> like, you know, hypothetical here, then I would like for them to be able to at least look at Hunter, Malik, and Dalvin, who's proven in the league and say, this is what we've seen from each of you thus far in practice. Uh we're gonna go with this guy or that guy, or that guy. I don't like the fact that like what you just said. This is who they have. So ride with it. And uh, not when the season's on the line. Give me all the options. All the options. And just kind of let it sort itself out organically.
4: I think this team is only going to go as far as Dak, Lamb, and Parsons carries it. I agree. That's where they're at right now. I was going
5: to say, we're talking about injuries and what happened in the past. Uh, but I'm like, okay, either way... <laughs> It's not being productive, yeah. on, and off, on or off the field, is still not happening. So
3: there literally has not been a single game this year where I would say the offense, uh, the the rushing offense for the Cowboys yeah. carried them to a victory. No, not, no, no, not a once. single one. So I don't think it's going to start now. So it is what it is, I, as you said, Brian. Like it's about can Dak and CD get connected and do what they do.
4: I I I think we got a real that that game against the Lions was a playoff game. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. a playoff game, and you saw what they did in the four minute offense to try and kill that game. Yeah. They threw the football. And McCarthy went for the win for it. And I, you know what, now that I look at it, I applaud him to do it because he can't run the football. He knows he can't run the football. And so, you know, um, he can run the jet sweeps and maybe get six, seven yards on those and, and maybe hit a big play. But it's going to be about your quarterback who's done a great job of limiting turnovers. It's about an all-pro wide receiver, and it's about maybe the defensive player of the year. That's what this, this, this playoff run is going to be about.
3: All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll jump into the Washington offense and uh, really kind of break down where they are now versus where they were on Thanksgiving Day when the Cowboys matched up with
6: them. We'll be back at DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: location near you
3: back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break we are live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star this segment is brought to you by blockchain.com all right let's talk about this washington offense and brian um Washington planned, going into last week, they had planned to start Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Hamstring. Um, He got an injury. Hamstring, yeah. And they were not able to play him. Sam Howell ended up being the quarterback. My question for you is, Which? let's start here. uh, Which of those two present the most challenges for an opponent, uh, assuming that Brissett is healthy enough to possibly go this week?
4: Brissett is because he's not going to turn the ball over. That's That's the thing. Sam Howell will turn the ball over. So you want to play against Sam Howell. Uh, you know, because the more you pressure him, the more he feels it, and the more he makes mistakes. Brissett's likely going to get rid of the football. The opportunities that he's had when you've watched him, uh, when you've watched him play, he, he's done a good job of, of moving the offense, not creating turnovers. Uh, but you know, he's he's really good at, at making all the throws. Hal can make all the throws too? The problem is, Hal will throw you one or two in a in a game, or he will make a He'll make a critical mistake in the pocket. And Brissett, the reason why they wanted to start Brissett is because of that stability. They've still got outstanding skill people that you're going to have to deal with on this team. So yeah, it's it's going to be if if he plays, uh, I, I expect the offense to be a little bit more efficient. Uh, if if Hal has to go, if you're trying to keep the second overall pick, I would play Hal. If you're trying to if you're trying to send Ron Rivera out his last coaching game ever. Uh, I think he's probably done after this, uh, you know, all the things he's gone through in his life, and he's probably deserves to retire now. But if you if you want to win one for him, uh, you would start Jacoby Reset in this game.
3: Okay, I want you to take your analyst hat for, off for a second, and I want you to talk to me like you're a personnel guy yeah. and your experiences in that realm. Yeah. In a situation like this, because you brought it up, and it's interesting to me. In a situation it's like this, terrifying, where the team, the team, and yeah. their goals may be very different yep. than the coach and his goals. He yep. knows he's out. He doesn't care about next year. Yep. Probably. That being said, can I be the how, owner of the
4: Commanders and do yes. how I'd handle it? How do they handle a situation like All that? All right. If I'm the owner of the Commanders, I walk into Ron Rivera's office and say, "We have the second overall pick of the draft right now, Ron. You know the situation. You've been around a long time." you know this is probably not going to work out for you. I'm going to make a change at the end of the year. I understand. uh, I appreciate everything you've done. But the second overall pick means a lot to me. It means a lot to our organization. It means a lot to our future. If Ron backs up and starts to say, no, I'm really going to try and go out and I'd like to finish this thing out and all that, I would say, Ron, you're fired. (laughs) <laughs> just I like would, that, I would fire him. Yes, I would yeah. fire him, and I would name somebody interim. It doesn't have to be Eric Bienemy. It could be the. It could be the special teams coach. It could be anybody. It could be the water boy. It, it does At that point, you just want to lose. I'll, I'll coach. I'll coach the yeah. team. Yeah. It doesn't matter at that point in time. So, if the second overall pick to you is that important, we saw it last year in Houston. Houston had the first overall pick in the draft to go in the last game, and Levy Smith decides to give the double birds mm-hmm. to the front office and say, "I'm leaving on my own terms here. If you're going to get rid of me, I'm going to go win this football game." He did. He made some decisions that won them the game. Yeah. And you're probably wondering, well, why the hell you didn't do that earlier? But
5: what what do you tell the players? In the hey guys, um, take it easy. We're not really trying to just just. No, be you tell out the there. head coach. Don't get injured.
4: You tell the head yeah, coach. Tell and them, ed, the ed, but then gonna, how do you? Well, the
1: players going to do what they wanna, what they need yeah. to do because they yeah. get paid. To play. You just don't put them guys, in the right position right. to win. Them, because yeah. from a player standpoint, if you're a player, yeah. what you put on film yeah. is on film, and, and you're trying to get a job next year. Yeah. If you know whatever the case may be, so that's why Brian said you're talking to the head coach because you can't rightfully walk no. up to a player and say lay down because they're yeah. not going to lay down. And
3: by the way, that's when you get hurt is when you're not playing right. yeah. your yeah, exactly. best football you know, and, on a and, football
4: field. They're they're going to want to go out. You know, you have an opportunity but to. They're to, not dumb. The player, I mean,
5: you can get the sense of it, too. Yeah. Oh,
4: like, no, they know the situation. They know Ron Rivera is about to get fired. But they could also have the utmost respect for Ron Rivera as players and say, you know what? It's our fault that he's getting fired. We owe it to him to play hard this last yeah. game. Yeah. And there's so much on the line for there's so much on the line for them. I mean, the second overall pick is huge. That could change their a franchise. A big difference between second and fourth. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Second yeah. or seventh, or the way yeah. they fall down the list even further. I mean, you know, you never know. So to me, I have that discussion with him. If it's in that important, ownership now. Ownership might step back and say, Ron, if you want to win this game, go win this game. That's the fear I have playing this team now. They've got they've got a lot of talent. They've got a coach that they'll that they'll they really like and they'll they'll try and play hard for, but he has nothing to lose. He could go for every fourth down. He could go for every two-point mm-hmm. conversion. You know, he can as a defensive coordinator, he could blitz Dak Prescott every single snap if he wants.
3: And what happens? They give a big play. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. He, mm-hmm.
4: Dallas the, the the most pressure in this game is on Dallas. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. The, that's, that's the problem you run into. And I guarantee you people listening to me right now, they're going, the Cowboy fans are seeing the 13.5 point spread, and they're going, ah, Broadus, it's the Commanders. It's not it. No, these are the types of games you mm-hmm. worry about because the team you're playing has absolutely nothing to lose. The Arizona we've seen Cardinals in the past. Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals last week go to Philadelphia. You know why they played hard? They played hard for their coach. Mm-hmm. Her, their coach made it important. Like that was an important game. Like Mike McCarthy, that Green Bay game, that was important to him and six, seven other dudes that were on that coaching staff. You know that might that might be the game that Mike McCarthy had enough of Kellen Moore. You know, it just said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling the plays next year. I'm going to call them. You're gone. You know that these games, they these types of games bother me mm-hmm. a lot yep. because the pressure is on you to go out there and Dallas hadn't exactly played great on the road. You know, tell me the last time you got a road win, Carolina, right? That's it. Last couple weeks, time's been out. It's hadn't been so good. So I, I, like I say, Commanders have got a good team. If as the owner, I would tell Ron Rivera, we're going to lose this game. And if he doesn't want to lose this game, then I would fire him.
1: So often the, the phrase trap game is thrown around and I just kind of bat it away because I'm like, no, you know, these guys know what's what's up, to, up for stakes. And not that they don't this week, but when you talk about this particular opponent, yeah. everything Brian said is is what's terrifying about it because you don't know which commander's team you're going to get. No question. You could have, you know, that the ownership went to, to Rivera and he conceded, and he acqu- acquiesced, and he said, okay, well, that's fine. We'll we'll, I'll, we'll start Sam and Al. Yeah, we'll yeah, coach yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But then you don't know what you're going to get from the players. Maybe the player yeah. say as we want to go out on a high note for Ron Rivera, right. and or we do not want the Cowboys to get what the Cowboys yeah. want to get on our field. That's the
3: big one right there. Or... Yeah. Yeah.
1: You could have it where the players have already started to check out, and yeah. they're going to make business decisions on the field yeah. because they don't want to risk themselves to injury or things like that and not be able to play next year when the new regime comes in right. or maybe for a new team, whatever yeah. the case may be. You quite literally have no clue what you're walking into, and that's what's terrifying because 100. Brian said most of the 100 of the pressure is on the Cowboys yeah. for all the reasons that we're talking about. NFC East title is on the line, number two seed in the NFC. Yeah which goes with at least one home game. You win that game, you get another home game. Yeah. That's on the line. We've seen how poorly you've played on the road. And then on top of that, you don't want a 3-6 and six road record going into the playoffs. Yeah. You need this win on every imaginable level, and you don't know what you're walking
3: into. Yeah, the part that worries me the most about this game, in addition to what you guys are saying, is – Typically, this is the time of the year, and Nick always says this, and I think it's so true, is bad teams lose these games sometimes because of what they're doing on Wednesday and Thursday. It's not that they don't give effort on Sunday. It's that they don't see any future in what's happening, so they may not be studying as hard, preparing as hard on Wednesday and Thursday. That's when they lose them. Here's where the flip side of that comes. You're playing an opponent that knows you and knows you extremely well. When you're playing a common opponent, a division team, then that kind of goes a little bit out of the window because on Wednesday and Thursday, a lot of that preparation that you might have to do for an uncommon opponent, you don't have to do for an opponent. You play twice every year, right? Yeah. And so that's where I'm a, I'm a little bit more concerned in this one that they have every incentive, I think, as players for for the commanders just to not let Cowboys do what they want to do yeah. in a game like that where what it means, is, it could mean the difference in how far the Cowboys go in the playoffs because we all know road versus home is a thing for them right now. That for whatever sure reason, is. as they've said, for whatever reason, can't put our fingers on on it but for some reason it is a thing, you're you're and, yeah, and that's the part I think that gives yeah. the commanders a little bit more impetus Do they
5: like game. the Eagles more or the Cowboys?
3: <laughs> probably neither, but the Eagles will not be in their stadium on Sunday, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're gonna be like, We can handle what we can handle, and I think that's gonna make it a tough
4: game for the Cowboys. Dallas's existence to, eat, to get to the Super Bowl depends on this game. This game is yeah. this game, if you I do not, if you do not win this game. You're likely not going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's, that's, I'm just gonna throw so basically it basically,
3: you're gonna say you're gonna do, in three games, you're gonna do back to back to back wins had, on the road. You happened, haven't done that he, Yeah, You haven't done that. So it's since, just,
4: you don't have anything to really put. I think 1978 yeah. was the last time they did that. Yeah. That's how long ago this has been. I mean, I know it's history and all that stuff like that. But, you know, the, it's, the, the Giants, sure. But this team has shown you so far that going on the road for three straight games would be very difficult for them to yeah. win. But get, give them two home games, there's a good shot they're going to get to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Good oh, and, shot. And yep.
1: by the way, the weather may not play nice. Mm-hmm. So you bet. Well,
4: that has it has flipped.
1: I, I've seen it, but yeah, the temperature yeah. is still the temperature. Yeah. So it'll be upper 30s at kickoff. But, but, but as we talked precipitation.
3: about, I don't worry so much about temperature unless you're talking like Chicago temperature, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not worried so much about temperature. What I'm more concerned about is what's the wind? Yeah. And is there precipitation? It yeah. doesn't look like either one of those factors will be in it. So you give me an upper 30s day for grown men running around, that's going to feel really good. It's going
4: to feel like a breeze. The game's going to be clear. a darkness at the end. Anyway. Yeah, it, it definitely
3: will. Maybe even by the beginning. like yeah. It gets dark up there quick. so quick, quick during this time of the year. Yeah. But, again, I, I just think, for me, I, I was worried more about the precipitation. And earlier it was showing right. that there was actually going to be snow that day in Washington. That worried me a lot. Uh, but without the, the precipitation, without the wind – I think Dallas should be able my, to handle that well. My only concern way.
1: when it comes to temperature is just the receiving game, and not necessarily yeah. for guys like Jake Ferguson, who played at Wisconsin, and you know those kinds of guys who know how you know Big Ten. They know how to catch in those temperatures. But for the guys, who, you know, the, the Southern bread guys, your Texas boys, your Georgia boys, etc., etc., cetera, et cetera, even without the precipitation, catching that ball in you know thirty six degrees, like once, yeah, once the sun goes down, that hurts. Yeah. Um, and now you might be in a situation where guess what? You might need to lean on a little bit more running game. Exactly. So that's why I. I look at the temperature as much as I would look at the precipitation as well. All of that matters um, but most certainly if, if you're a Southern boy and this is where you grew up playing football you're maybe not Jake Ferguson who's out there at practice dipping his hands in the ice water because it's, it's normal for him. So that that's my only concern and I, I say all of that to say I would love for the running game to get going against Washington and find some momentum to take into the playoffs. I, I would love it. I need it. I need to see it. My hope is that
3: at this point these receivers, face, huh? these receivers <laughs> she she living in <laughs> Dallas you can they have got bushing. used to that that temperature because that's that, that's yeah. not an uncommon temperature. Well, for micro practice right. outside too. Yeah, that yeah. I, 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 My hope is that they're they're comfortable in yeah. a upper thirties. Yeah you know, temperature-type game. They should feel, I should think, at this point, living in Dallas, you should feel What cool. Are cool. they cool.
5: taking their cool. own benches? <laughs>
3: the That's the question. I like the pity. That is the question. Like the All right, pity. we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got more to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about Curtis Samuel, because he was the, mm. the Washington Commanders player that probably had the best day he against did. Dallas last mm. year. Let's talk about how the Cowboys control him. We'll do that when we come back.
6: DallasCowboys.com Radio. your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys.
2: It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black, and right now Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free 5-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com/cowboy
3: Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Man, we've been talking, and we just ran over. We ran over him both segments. We don't have much time left here. We got about six minutes. So, so let's see what we can do here. Uh, Curtis Samuel, last game against the Cowboys yeah. on Thanksgiving Day, he caught nine passes for 100 yards. Yes, is he? How many play? How many receivers have gone over 100 yards against the Cowboys this year? He was the first, I believe. I know he was the, he first, was the first. But have they had? Have they had one since that? Because I know Tyreek did not. Uh, Saint Brown did not. I don't think he didn't go over 100. Did he? No,
1: no, he didn't. Saint Brown um, hit 90.
3: Yeah. Um, I want to say no one is he the only 100 the only yard one. receiver, and he only had 100.
4: But Buffalo, tell me. no, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah okay, so that's tell that's me how do it. they how do they put a, put the clamps on Curtis Samuel? You really don't because. He's kind of like C.D. Lamb, and they're now moving him around all over the place. Yeah. They've kind of figured these things out. And so what happens is when you try and double him, they put him in the slot. They'll move him. They put him wide. They move him. He's the one guy that moves the most of all the commander receivers. And so having to double him, I think it's going to be more, more about trying to be able to play him. Once he's on the move, if he shifts from one side to the other, maybe you could bracket him a little better, you know, in and out. The Cowboys play so much single-high safety, though. It's hard to, you know, bracket mm-hmm. guys like that. But you can maybe cheat, you know, cheat hooker uh, to that side and uh, and help him. But I, I kind of feel like, though, man, they've done a great job in the history of Terry McLaurin, of covering him. Mm-hmm. And every time you're like, oh, man, you know, McLaurin—
1: usually digs, though.
4: Yeah, it's—but, yeah, he's so underrated as a player— Terry McLaurin is and so I always worry about him but no you're absolutely right uh, about Samuel I mean he's he's like he's second on the squad now in targets receptions I mean he's only had one drop I mean he he's he's done a really nice job super reliable player but they're going to move him around a bunch and so uh how you take care of him likely will be just some of the one-on-one coverages you'll have in that game when you look at I'm talking about I'm talking about Samuel now, not McLaurin, but McLaurin's good too.
3: When you look at what the Cowboys have done the last couple of weeks, last week against David Montgomery, they allow 14 catches yeah. for 65 yards, a 4.6 average. Jameer Gibbs, who I thought was going to be the guy that was going to give them so many trouble, so much trouble, had 15 carries for 43 yards, only a 2.9 average. You look at that, and then also add in what they did against Miami running backs. What is the conclusion you're left with about this Dallas rush defense?
4: Well, the the good plan here we'll see if we'll see if uh if our guy eric Bieniemy stays true to form he hates running the football <laughs> you know he really does and the commanders I, I always ask myself when i watch the commanders i go why don't they run the ball more
3: actually 32nd in the league in yeah. attempts in yeah. rushing attempts yeah, yeah
4: i said it in week 11 i really do like this group and i they just don't get the opportunity like others do and the unit like you just said Derek is last in the league in attempts but they're first in the league in a number of, of pressures they give up. Mm-hmm. So why are you not running the ball? Why are you not trying to help your quarterback more? If this turns into a foul-weather weather game, maybe you'll see them try and run the ball a little bit more. When Dallas played them the first time around, they were averaging right around 4.7 a carry. Now they're at 4.5, but they don't run the ball. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be ready with this group. They're really a talented group. Gibson, Robertson, they're really a talented group. They, it's a shame that they just don't use them more. The thing that you have to worry about them, if they're going to throw the ball, these guys are really good with the screen pass stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's one of the things, Dallas rushing, Dallas pressure, screen. You know, now it's out the gate and all that. So I think that's what you have to be worried about the most. But if the weather turns a little foul, a little nasty, uh stays cold, whatever, I I wouldn't be surprised that they try to run but right now this is not in this coach's DNA to do that and i think that plays right into the cowboys hands that they don't try and run the ball.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great matchup for the cowboys in that capacity because you have the run defense trending in the right direction yep. versus uh, an offense that hates running the ball. Yeah. Um so i you know to answer your question i think the cowboys run defense i don't know that i used the word fixed just yet um but it's definitely repaired over what it was against buffalo. Um and i mean also when you look at the the macro more often than not They've they've performed well against the run. It's just when they don't, it's it's a really bad day. Well, it's when they
5: don't don't plus the offense is right. not scoring yeah, right. points right. for you. Right. So it's that combination right. of both. Because Absolutely right. They've been able to do, do enough, just enough when the offense is still yeah. getting into the end zone. But yeah. the combination yeah. of two is when the problem. To
1: Brian's point about the screen, I'd keep an eye on that when it comes to, to the Washington Commanders. But then I, I turned my direction and attention to guys like Donovan Wilson. You saw what he was able to do yeah. in the screen game. You saw what Jordan Lewis was able Lewis. to do in the screen game. And then of course Marquise Bell who's shown that he can knife through um those will be blockers and get to, to the ball uh to the receiver and, and bring down the play. So
4: Yeah what's what's changed is the offensive line. Charles Leno and Chris Paul were the starters the last time these two play. and they're no longer those were guys you wanted to kind of attack Cornelius Lucas and Shadiq Charles have kind of taken their place and they're they've done a really a, a better job when you watch in the San Francisco game and all that Trent Scott is the starter at right tackle and they've had to do that because Andrew Wiley their normal tackle had an elbow injury in week 16 against the Jets and so he hasn't played we'll see if he plays this week but, but Scott would be the guy, Trent Scott, the right tackle would be the one that I would try and go after. And I, I think Nick Gates, the center, has some issues as well. So your center and your right tackle would be the two pressure point areas I would focus on if I was uh, the Cowboys front seven.
3: And based on all that you guys just said, that makes me even more concerned that Washington's going to come into this game and say, yeah. we've got really good running backs, yeah. we've got a team that we're playing that we're afraid to death. They're going to go get our quarterback. They did sack them four times yeah. in that previous matchup, and they go into this game saying, we're going to load up, and we're going to run the ball. And then we're going to see if the Cowboys really have fixed this run defense because I, I do believe that that's the smarter play for Washington. I know they haven't done it all season, but as you said, they got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. They may say, hey, we're looking at what they, what Buffalo did to them on the road. Yeah. We think we can line up and yeah. do something similar. we got a better chance of doing that than trying to throw the ball around the yard against this pass rush.
1: Which, which goes to my point that I made yesterday, and, and Amber's point as well. This is why when it comes to Tyler Smith, I'm fine with resting him and then you bring him back for the playoffs. If Jonathan Hankins can play in this particular game, I say you bring Jonathan Hankins back because you want to protect, help protect against that, yeah. but also you want to get some rust knocked off of Hankins because he's missed a few games.
3: Real quick before we end the show, Nick did just text me and told me Metcalf, he was the other 100-yard receiver. He had six catches for uh, 134 because yards. Of the, three because touchdowns. of a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah.
5: hey, hey, stay on your show.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. I, I was trying to like, put us. the
4: nightmare of the Seattle. <laughs> Game out of my head, that recovering those receivers. All right, we appreciate pressure. you guys joining We're back tomorrow.
3: We'll jump into the Washington defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then for Patrick Walker, Brian broadison and Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton, and this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about
1: this Cowboys?
0: Yeah!